Hey, hey, hey. We are back with Shift 9 today. This is Conscious Sedation. And we are excited to be here. It's raining, so... <laughs> so y'all might. You might hear a little rain <laughs> tap, tap, tapping on the window. But that's all right. This is Ryan. Ain't no windows. We in the studio. Oh, right. We in a, we in a, we in a lab. <laughs> Thank you. We in a lab. In a lab. Oh, it's Tiffany. This Tasha. Y'all know who this is. Uh-oh. I really don't even have to Uh-oh. say anymore. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's what happens when you gain a little bit of popularity. Mm. All right. Riot and start blowing up. <laughs> nah, just my inbox. <laughs> okay. All, All right. right. It goes Beyonce down in back. the DM. It goes down in the DM. <laughs> I mean, not our. I mean, I was talking about conscious addiction. Oh. We got 39 oh. followers Bro's now. out. Bro's out. Boom. Clean it up. What? All right. So, we are going to get right into our hashtag recap. Who's got one? Tiff got one. Tiff. No, I'm not going to go. I'm going to go last. Tiff going last. Come on, Tasha. What you got? Hashtag let go and let go. (laughs) Okay. That's what I'm I'm doing right this moment. Uh And that's what I did last week. You did? You let go? Mm -hmm. And that's what I do when I'm at work. What you let go of? Everything. (laughs) You're supposed to take your hands off of it. Uh Let go of the wheel and let God come Mm. on in. Come on. I felt that. And take on over. Wow. I felt that. Mm -hmm. Yes. Hashtag worship. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and go since Mm -hmm. Tiffany called last. (laughs) (laughs) And who does that? I'm gonna go last. (laughs) Hashtag it's easy. And that is always done by Miss Tasha when we do our language lag, which is a bald face lie. Not bald face. Because if it was easy, y'all wouldn't be jacking it up. And it wouldn't be a language lag. That's true. (laughs) Maybe it's just easy to me. I'm like, come on, y'all can mess this up. It's It's easy. easy. (laughs) It's simple. This is easy. Yeah, but it ain't. They be jacking it up. This is light work. Yeah. It's not, though. Mm -hmm. It'd be hard. You're right. Ooh, ooh. All right, Tiff, you ready? Oh, yeah, I'm ready now. Okay. Um, so my hashtag uh, was had to do with like our spirituality conversation. So I was just saying for the individual to just be mindful of being accepting of everybody's religious beliefs, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. So that's mine. Mm-hmm. That's <clears throat> mine. All Sweet. right. And um. Now we're going to slide on into our mindful moment. And we even have some built-in mindful moment have, music with the rain this, we, this week. The rain. Mm-hmm. We have the rain. <laughs> we got a little tip tapping. A little drum. A little percussion. Not percussion. Yes. No percussion. I can't call healing. it percussion. You Those are healing sounds. These are the healing yes. drums. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm with it. Yes. Thank you, Tip. <laughs> you going to go first? Let us know. Well, I got to go first. Let us know what you're mindful of. Um, my mindful moment is um, it is self acceptance. Um, I have kind of some difficulty like with like asserting myself sometimes, and so I've had to kind of get over that a little bit with my new position at work, and it's been a challenge, but it's been going well. So. I guess just kind of coming to a place where you get comfortable with yourself and like your strengths and weaknesses and get comfortable 
being able to work on yourself even though it's hard mm-hmm. so that's what mine is that's always good and that I think that is one of those things that I mean you never reach the top you know mm-hmm. you're always mm-hmm. constantly because we're constantly growing and changing so as soon as you figure out what you are accepting of of yourself then you grow and so then you have to yeah mm-hmm. my favorite my favorite thing to say is stretch and grow and yep that's what we constantly have to do mm-hmm. yep. good that's a good one what you got? Um, this week I am mindful of. Let me get my drum back out. Thank you. Yes, Thank you. That. And then I get my soft voice. I am mindful of. Go with me. <laughs> the, <laughs> just the outpouring in love, of love and support. Um, for my own ideas, business ventures, and things like that amongst my community and my friends or whoever I want to call it you know all those people in cyberspace supporting me most of them of course I've actually met in person and known and come to have a relationship with but it's really humbling to present your work your passion or your you know anything of yourself to the world and really have it be accepted so from anything that I'm doing like my own personal stuff to the podcast to Whatever it is I put out, I feel like I always have a good base and people who respond to me positively. So I'm super grateful for that and not just, you know, lip service. So people who put their money where their mouth is Mm -hmm. and they pay me for my gift um, and the things that have been put on the inside of me to give to other people for consumption, you know, in whatever form that is. So I'm just really appreciative of that. So thank you guys. I I'm really mindful and grateful right now. Aw, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Real talk. <laughs> Hashtag real talk. Right. <laughs> so this week, my mindful moment is um, the innocence of children. And I had the privilege. Um, so I have had the privilege uh, through the course of you know, my career of speaking in front of many people on several different platforms. And this week um, was no different. I had several, three engagements this week. And um, one of them was my favorite. And I was asked to come to uh, an elementary school in one of our local communities and do a career day. Oh, sweet. Yeah. And so I was just, I mean, I'm a mom. So, of course, I am always mindful of the innocence of children. But when they're your children, sometimes you just need a cow guy moment. But when I was there, I mean, these little um, little brown faces, they were just so eager to listen and so excited to have people there. Um, they asked all kinds of questions and were just really attentive. And I just am just mindful. I can remember, you know, I had a, an array of between, they were fourth to sixth grade. Okay. And they were just amazing. They were just so amazing. And I left there so full. You know, it's always amazing when you go somewhere to pour into somebody else. And then you leave full. And I was just so full. And I'm just really mindful of that. And I just hope that everybody can share with me in the mindfulness of the innocence of children and how important it is to pour into them and to just help them to preserve that innocence because it's short-lived. And once it's gone, it's gone. And they were just so... I just loved them. Little lights. They were just full of so much light. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. The yeah. precious mm-hmm. little ones. Yeah, they were so precious. They were like, how old are you anyway? <laughs> <laughs> they said 33. They said, damn. No, I was like, old enough to be your mama. 
typical mama response. Yeah, exactly. Old enough to be your mama, well, so don't try it. No, because they're at a school where they're taught respect, and so it's a lot of yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, and they were like making them call me Miss my last name, you know, and so. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was just a whole lot of respect. So I would have, you know, I don't mind telling people my age, but mm-hmm. I was trying to maintain that, mm-hmm. you know, that separation that the teachers maintain with the students. Um, so that's why I didn't tell them my age. But the uh, one of them, I was talking to them about, like, see how we have to do CPR as a nurse and, you know, save lives. It's like one of my favorite things about being a nurse. And they, this little boy said, <laughs> he, he smacked his lips. So you saying you done saved everybody. You ain't, nobody ever died when you was trying to save them. Oh, wow. I said, baby, listen. (laughs) The way I do it, (laughs) when I do what I do, when I do what I do, how I do, (laughs) because no one else does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I said, you want me to be your nurse. (laughs) I'm going to bang them compressions out. <laughs> they left their crush on you. <laughs> they did. They did. When I walked in the room, this one little boy was like, hey. Mm. <laughs> well, I throw it back. Hey. Stop it. It's a good Stop bye. Stop right now. And, and yeah. Y'all hate Anyway. <laughs> Turn it back on this little boy. He don't even know what's going on. Hey. Let's see what's in that inbox today. report today. <laughs> oh, this type of report. You know what I thought we need right here? Like mm. a typewriter, like. Oh, that would be. Would that be tight? Oh, I'm old. Oh, I said tight. You definitely dated yourself. Yeah, we need like a. That would be fun. Yeah, we need that. We're gonna get it. We're gonna get it. All our little sound effects. What is that? Alligator. All right, so our inbox question. What question should we ask our healthcare provider during our yearly checkup? Should we request request any specific screenings or blood work? Thanks, ladies. Mm, that's a good question. Um, I guess I'll go. She has a doing whatever um, <laughs> I just read the question I I think that when you go to see your physician you should always be honest with them about what it is that you're experiencing and a lot of times we draw information off of what you're saying as to what you may need may not need and things like that it's like we have this computer going all the time like taking in all this information to say hmm this may be going on that may be going on we're always kind of thinking I don't know if you guys think that same way but I know I do um especially when triaging somebody so you could start there um and the next thing the next I guess suggestion I would make if you if you are opposed like say you have something going on and you feel like okay I might need some testing or you don't want any testing things like that you can always ask your physician you know what are the other options or what are holistic options and those are questions that are totally um legit or reasonable to request Mm -hmm. if you know say you haven't had uh, an hiv test and you maybe had unprotected sex Mm -hmm. or you've been exposed it is not inappropriate to request those sorts of tests if you know that you have high blood pressure or high cholesterol in your family and you hadn't had a recent check. Totally appropriate to request those sorts of things, but if your doctor is a thorough doctor and has taken a good health history, they will usually order those or put that in your plan of care once they're done, you know, with your appointment. Mm-hmm. 
I always um, suggest that before you go to the doctor, leading up, like once you schedule your appointment, especially if it's a primary care appointment, usually there's some amount of time between the time that you schedule and the time that the actual appointment is. I suggest people start writing questions mm -hmm. down because the doctor always asks, oh, everything looks great, or you know, do you have any questions? And I actually suggest that you lead the appointment with your questions because oftentimes doctors, unfortunately, are limited on the amount of time that they can spend with a patient. Um, insurance dictates that or their um, the facility that the, the care facility that they work for may dictate how long they can spend with each patient. So if you lead with your questions, then you're going to make sure all of your questions get answered. Um, and this is like questions that you might have about your own health. So like the things that Tasha was talking about or um, if you have certain, like if you have a rash or something specific that you want to ask the doctor about, make sure you write those down so that you don't forget them. Also, you want to make sure that you ask your doctor um, about your weight. Ask the doctor, because they always weigh you. Ask if you're in a, in a healthy weight um, in terms of your age and your height. You want to ask the doctor if you have any, if you're at risk for any diseases based on that medical history that Tasha was talking about. Um, asking about your supplements. If you take supplements, some people are holistic. They believe in all types of natural remedies or taking herbs or whatever. You want to make sure you ask the doctor about those to make sure they don't interact with any of any other medications you may be taking or if they might be making some kind of health issue that you have make it worse. Sometimes we think we're helping and we could actually be hurting something or hurting something else. We might be helping one thing and then hurting something else. Or some people just omit that altogether when they're asked, like, are you taking any current yes. medications? They, they don't think medications it. from the pharmacy yes. or that a doctor prescribed Over the counter. a lot mm -hmm. of your supplements, things that you may get from GNC or a natural store actually count mm -hmm. <laughs> as that, too. Yep. And then I'd also go piggybacking off of the medications. Ask about your current list of medications and ask if you still need those medications. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you don't need all those medications anymore and doctors may have forgotten or maybe you go to a new doctor and they need to evaluate and make sure that you still need those medications. Sometimes one medication can serve two purposes and then you can eliminate one medication or they can adjust the dosage or whatever. So um, just a few things, ideas that I have about what you should be asking at the doctor. Um, did you have anything to add, Tiffany? Um, yes, actually, I was like, you guys covered it pretty good. Um, the only thing I would add would be to um, make sure that you also ask about like any new research regarding some of your diagnoses. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes with like certain therapies, like physical therapy, things like that, there's new treatments, there's new recommendations, information out about how to treat certain things. So make sure you're asking those questions and also with medications. There's um, everyone kind of laughs about it, but there are always commercials that feature new drugs um, taking the place of old drugs. Make sure the drug you're taking is the most effective right. for um, your diagnoses and to make sure it's the most cost effective. If something is super expensive, try the generic. See yes. if it will work the same because a lot of times it does and it's way cheaper. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So That's be nice funny. to your wallet. Yes, good one. We need that. We need all. I need all the coins in my I need wallet. All the pennies, Give me all the coins, the greenbacks, <laughs> whatever I can cut out. Yeah, I'm doing that. Wow. So we're gonna tap dance right on into our topic. Okay, <laughs> not <laughs> tap dance. I just pictured us all with yeah, a hat. Yeah, with a hat. Yeah. Across the we're gonna <laughs> 
not taking it off and on. <laughs> I really wish you guys could see us sometimes. I mean, yeah, we it do, would be hilarious. We do pantomime a lot. Yeah, we should put a little camera, like a like a computer camera, <laughs> some old school a GoPro plug in. Yeah, a GoPro. Yeah, yeah, that's weird on our heads. Yeah, that's funny. So this week we are talking about the business of healthcare. Mm, the business of healthcare. What does that mean? To me, the business of healthcare um, means that you kind of have to think of healthcare as a um, an entity that it is there to provide assistance to you, but it's also there to make money. Mm-hmm. So you have to be mindful of that when you're considering um, certain thunder in the background. <laughs> well, this rain is turning up. Uh, but you it just is. it's okay. like. It's okay. It's an ambiance. We're relaxed and chill. That's what I'm saying. So, um, thought. So, you just have to consider (laughs) this when you're thinking of the testing that they're ordering for you. Is it really necessary? What information are we looking to get from this specific test? Yeah, tests are good, but also tests are expensive. So, if they can't tell you what exactly they're looking for or what they want to find with XYZ test, maybe you don't need them. Or never give you the results. Right. And... that's another big thing because if it wasn't that important why did they grab it why did they order it right yeah and the business of healthcare means to me that it's we're not just here to help you which is the sad part and I talked about this in our one of our shifts I forget where that was like the hardest part of my job thinking about um, people's illness being something for profit or something that can be sold, capitalized on, and stuff like that. So when you live in the society that we live in, which is one of capitalism, um, which means everything is for sale. Mm-hmm. You have consumer and you have you know the, the producer. I never feel like healthcare, hospitals, um, things that are a necessity to life should be lumped into that, but it is. And there's always a dollar amount attached to, you know, somebody's life. And if I had to look at myself or any of you or, you know, when I have kids, I would think that we're all priceless and you can't do that. But in the United States, we do. <laughs> and they are masters at it. Mm-hmm. They are completely masters at it. I always... um talk about how to for me I agree with you Tasha that it's hard to be in this business mm-hmm. <laughs> and and it be treated like a business especially when you have a great passion to help people and to serve people hashtag heart work hashtag heart work <laughs> again never dies like Kansas <laughs> hey. and I always talk about how healthcare um is a is a right you know basic healthcare is a right it's not a privilege and the way that we treat it in this country, mm-hmm. it's definitely a privilege. Healthcare is something for the privileged, mm-hmm. and I especially mean, good healthcare. Right, that's what I'm saying. Which there shouldn't be any distinction, but there is. There the reality is, is money is. equals health. Mm-hmm. Money equals healthcare in this in this country, and it's unfortunate because the most vulnerable populations typically have the worst insurance. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that have, um, you know, they're uninsured or underinsured kind of like car insurance Mm -hmm. right like they either don't have any insurance or their insurance is so terrible it's very very expensive from paycheck to paycheck when it comes out and then a lot of those same people that are paying astronomical fees or amounts you know premiums that come out of their check 
they also have really crazy deductibles mm-hmm. where they have to meet. You know, we talked about this a couple of shifts ago, $10,000, $5,000 have to pay out of pocket before their insurance even kicks in. Mm-hmm. How does, how, Sway? Mm-hmm. <laughs> how does that work? How are you, how am I paying for something every single month, every single pay period, and then I still have to pay? Because I mean, really, what average person, especially when you're talking about the vulnerable populations, they don't have ten thousand dollars just sitting in the bank to cash out when they're they need to you know have an emergency. A lot of these surgery or procedure don't have a thousand dollars sitting at their disposal. Absolutely, like I agree, it's crazy, and a lot of them are the sickest because of the same system that we live in that everything is for sale. So, like you said, Mm -hmm. money equals health, Mm -hmm. and that means mental health, physical health, financial health. All of it just begets mm-hmm. the next thing. And so if you are at the top of the scale on that, you're going to breed that mm-hmm. and keep that generational. And if you're at the bottom, same thing. Like they say, the rich get richer, the poor get poorer. Mm-hmm. And that's the system that we're in. Yep. I completely agree. Um, I Also, going in with that, a lot of, um, I was talking to one of my, well, yeah, um, Going into that, you know, I feel like in the within the healthcare system, it's like healthcare versus sick care, mm-hmm. and so a lot of times, what we should be doing to promote health, we don't. We actually sometimes keep people sicker, or like those commercials. Y'all don't seen the commercials that come on the, the drug commercials, and it's like, oh, let's fix your mm-hmm. <laughs> vision, and then you're gonna have upset stomach, diarrhea, maybe loss of vision, seizures, yeah, suicidation, and, and <laughs> but take this pill though to get this heartburn gone, girl. This is the one. <laughs> yeah, and then it's so crazy because then you go to the doctor, right? You taking a pill for heartburn, you say, dang, now my foot bothering me, and they give you some pain medicine to treat the pain in your foot. Well, then the pain medicine causes constipation, and now they're gonna give you something to. You know, to push mm-hmm. like we're not teaching people to be well. We are not encouraging. We're not educating them on how to be well. We're we're like really crippling people mm-hmm. more and more. And then it's crazy because, like we talked about last week, when somebody walks in the door and they say, "I want I want something natural. I don't want to take a pill." We almost don't know how to act. Mm-hmm. Like, what you mean? They take this pill? Mm-hmm. Get out of here <laughs> if you don't want to be well. helped. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it is just, it's insane. Completely, completely insane. One of my girlfriends was telling me just today, we were talking, and she was um, telling me how one of her medications that she takes, her insurance now will only cover the generic version of it. Mm-hmm. Well, the crazy thing is, is that med- particular medication, there is no generic Mm. So now she can't take the med. She has to find something totally different mm. to take because. Which thankfully she has that option, but most of the time people don't. And that reminds me of the whole EpiPen thing. Oh, where they gosh. mark that EpiPen up hundreds of percentages. Mm-hmm. Like this is unlawful, right? Unethical. It's unconstitutional. It mm-hmm. Like it should be against the law. Epinephrine, like yeah, if like someone that is a life-saving had, yes, medication. and there are no knockoffs for that, no. or even if there is, like why is it up for discussion that this medication that mind you expires every six months mm-hmm. or something like that? Yeah, think about if somebody was allergic to bees. Oh, I have you, an EpiPen. 
My, I have a child who is allergic to nuts, Man. all nuts, and all fish. And you so are we not have even to have predicting like three the of them. She comes in contact with yeah. that. And we every... have to have three: one in the bag or in the car, one at school, one at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so. good. And so when it just goes bad, you're grateful that you didn't need it, but at the same time, you like. Oh. Yeah, we keep we keep them expired ones though. We keep them <laughs> just in case. Yay, we keep those. <laughs> But again, that's the business part of it that pushes people in this to do that. kind of corner oh, where yeah. even a nurse is with saying, insurance. With insurance is saying, I'm gonna hold that. I'm gonna hold I'm this. Gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna hold on. Yeah. Because seriously, like and it should not be this way. And when she was really small before she really understood and could ask people like, Hey, does this have nothing? And now she's really good about it. You know, she can ask if, mm-hmm. you know, does this have nuts or I can't have that. Um, but when she was really small, we had to have one at my mom's house. Like mm-hmm. there, you know, one in her diaper bag. Like we just had to carry mm-hmm. it all. I mean, one every almost. I wanted one every place that she may mm-hmm. be because who knows? People mm-hmm. cross contaminate. You might accidentally making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and then go to get her some chips with your same hand. A small amount could set her off and mm-hmm. then need an epipen. And like even the shits is expensive. Mm-hmm. Even my copay. Is insane. I mean, like, and that brings too to mind the whole ambulance thing. Like, yeah, you guys heard that language lack that ambulance. Ambulance. <laughs> well, you know, I don't ambulance. know if that's, it's the same train of thought mm-hmm. now, but I know years ago people would forego calling 911 because mm-hmm. of the ambulance charge and it wasn't covered by insurance or Medicaid or. What have you? And I have one of my very best friends who I love to pieces is like a spendthrift. Girl got money. Mm -hmm. Okay. Very financially savvy. Mm -hmm. But we went to some sushi place, hibachi or something like that here in Indianapolis. And she was driving two hours away from here. On her way, she's like starting to itch this and that, right? So she gets to the hotel where she was going to stay and she walk up to the desk and everybody's like, oh, shit, and jump back because <laughs> she was swollen to be damned. <laughs> this girl would not call the ambulance because she was out of town. She did not live here. She lived in Indiana, I want to say at the time. But she was like, I'm not paying mm-hmm. X amount, $100 to go to the ambulance. I'm like, but you're having what could be an anaphylactic response to whatever, whatever you, you maybe ate. Allergen, yeah. Yes. <clears throat> and so somebody like another patron <laughs> looked at her and was like, oh, my God, you know, That's and hilarious. drove her. Oh, right. Drove <laughs> her to the hospital, to the ER and was like, hey, you know, if you don't have a ride back or whatever, here's my card. We'll come back and pick you up and take you to the hotel. Oh, that's, see, that's good. Yeah, but that, why but even, you know what I'm saying? Like, Because the, they'll dump your ass on the side of the road when they get ready. <laughs> you need to stop it. <laughs> see. When they get ready. <laughs> see. Now, somebody has lost control in here. Somebody has a mental picture that is just tickling them to death. No pun intended. (laughs) No pun intended. She is tickling. But yeah, you know. (laughs) And she trying to hold her life. Oh, that's so funny. (laughs) Because we see the little needles jumping. Oh, they got on my head. Oh, about my laugh. So, yeah, I have to to wiggle in a little bit. But no, I mean, it seems like they get ready. I mean, it doesn't matter if you you live. (laughs) That means you got to pay that bill. 
Because I remember it was a case where it was something fraudulent, like on the state side, maybe at one of the, these police shootings or something like that. And the family had settled out and then the family got a bill from the ambulance, right? Like, are we serious about this? Yes, because health care is a business. Exactly. And so what that means is <laughs> the wheels are going to keep on turning. These lights got to stay on and these bills got to be paid. How do you all see um, healthcare being a business like in an inpatient environment? So like I know now they have like um, like standard room charges that kind of mm-hmm. charge you for everything in the room, whether you use said mm-hmm. item or not. Like back in the day, we used to have like the scan Mm-hmm. things you rip off mm-hmm. of every item you give to a patient and like put it on their charge sheet mm-hmm. or whatever but now there's like this standard room charge mm-hmm. how do you guys feel like that plays into healthcare? you know being a business on the inpatient or any other thing that you might see on inpatient side in terms of this was going to be part of my nurse's note okay. and um just a suggestion as to avoid the business part of it is to ask for an itemized bill Whenever you get a bill from the hospital, ask for an itemized bill line by line so you can go through and be like, "Mm, no, I didn't get an epidural because I delivered my baby before the doctor could actually get it placed. Mm -hmm. I'm going to need you to go ahead and take that charge away. And so things like that will kind of combat that. But yeah, like that's one of those things that is annoying to me because a lot of people won't argue it. They'll look at their bill and be like, room charge. Mm -hmm. Okay. And just give too much credit, I think, to the billing departments or the hospitals or whatever and think that they're being fair (laughs) when in actuality, a lot of times they're not. Like if we have a patient who delivers at home and she comes in and, say, delivers the placenta at the hospital, what is that? A charge for Mm -hmm. delivering her placenta. Mm -hmm. It was coming out anyway. Right. It definitely was. It could have come out in the ambulance. And guess what? She's going to get a charge for delivery, delivery of the placenta. And she's going to get, quote unquote, room charge. If she delivers at home, comes via ambulance, comes over to labor and delivery and not goes to postpartum, Mm -hmm. she's going to get, quote, room charge. Because this is how much it costs to be in a room on labor and delivery per day. Wow. But people won't contest that. Mm -hmm. They'll just take it and be like, all right. That's what it is. What you think, Tiff? Ooh, I think it is a scam of all scams. Um, I know the ICU particularly is expensive mm-hmm. for one night there. Um, and then when, if you're really sick, we are putting in lines. We're using up dressings. And all of these things, there's a charge. So we grab a central line kit. Say the resident didn't open it sterilely. We've got to got to get another one and so like this will all be reflected on someone's bill now granted you didn't want that unsterile kit right Mm -hmm. but (laughs) and you can't take it home right and you can't you're not using it what you you paying for you're not going to use that catheter right (laughs) but you're paying for it but you'll pay for it so i mean there's a lot of stuff i definitely agree with tasha saying to go over and look at those lists afterwards because there's so much stuff i'm sure that just comes on there Mm -hmm. and some of the stuff i don't even think it's like a malicious thing i think it's just like an oversight Mm -hmm. like they just you have it out yeah everything is just set like especially for the or charges when it's time to do the or charges usually everybody is going to use 
uh, instrument set, a delivery pack or C-section pack. Usually everybody's going to get a catheter, but we also deliver twins in our operating room. And so those charges don't really apply. And sometimes we have to, or I do, because of my own integrity. It's hard for me to go through those lists and see a C-section pack charge. And I know we didn't open that up and leave that on there for that patient to be charged Mm -hmm. for that. I just, I can't do it. So I'll go through line by line and check what I used and uncheck what I did not use. Okay. Do you feel like... um, the room charges or especially um, in, in the when we deal with vulnerable, vulnerable populations or communities of color, do you feel like sometimes those charges are inequitable? Like because in most cases, the families in those vulnerable populations may not be as educated to understand even if they request an itemized list of everything that was used do you feel like sometimes it can be some inequity happening between you know for-profit hospitals and then you know community or um, non-for-profit kind of hospitals do you guys feel like Um, I've definitely seen some kind of uh, ethical dilemmas occur with patients that were um, like not able to pay. Um, I can remember a particular situation like the gentleman was homeless, uh, essentially a vegetable. Um, So he was in this state where we were continuing to keep him alive, but there was no one to speak for him. But the hospital was paying for all of this because... He couldn't. Mm-hmm. So there was the ethical dilemma of can we can we pull the plug mm-hmm. since we are footing the bill? Mm-hmm. Wow. No. <laughs> no, we can't. Because that looks doesn't look it's right. Unethical. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And so and then I've also seen too, there's kind of a lot of back and forth about like when people come in and they want to be self-pay and then as the bill Mm. gets higher and higher then they kind of panic and they're like okay I need some type of emergency something to help me pay for this and at that point then you've got to apply for it and then it Mm -hmm. all that back yeah Yeah. and so then it's too late so in those situations I would almost suggest to those people that think they may be able to foot the bill to just go ahead and when they come in go ahead and apply for it then Um, because a lot of times it no matter what you think in your head you can afford like that quickly is gone within a matter of a couple of ct scans Mm -hmm. that money is gone so or it could definitely compound your health issue that's a lot of stress like laying Mm -hmm. in the bed counting each penny Mm -hmm. yeah or wondering even if you come in and self-pay like okay so how much is this gonna cost Mm -hmm. right most of the people that you're talking to like at the bedside they don't we don't know we don't no know what the charge is, is for a CT scan or the contrast or an IV starting. Right. I have no idea. But to answer your question, Ryan, I think there is a lot of inequity um, on the bills. For one, they're hard to read. And I think a lot of times they're hard to read on purpose. Sure they are. Um, for two, a lot of the medical billing is in code. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like even if I look at the charges in our new system, I'm like, what is this? You know, and I have no idea what the item is. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard for me to determine if that is applicable or not. Because it's like letters and numbers. Right. <laughs> or it's just something very long and drawn out when you're looking for angiocath. It's, 
Angie a cab times this, you know what right. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Times this length and times this gauge and all this stuff that he like, well, I don't know, whatever. Um, and for three, I think that in vulnerable populations, hospitals, you may be charged the same, but the service isn't always the same. That was my next so, question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, um, say food service. At up north in the more hoity-toity hospitals, they have room service, but they also have like a personal chef that yes. will prepare your meals. Mm-hmm. Um, they have valet. They have free valet. You know, whereas at my hospital, our patients and family members are paying to park, you know, and we have room service, but you're selecting off of a menu. You can just select, you know, what you want. Mm-hmm. So to speak, and we're getting better <coughs> in that, but... That's one of those things where it's just not equal. I mean, that don't even make any sense. How in the heck do the most vulnerable populations have to pay to park? (laughs) They have Medicaid and Mm -hmm. hospital-sponsored insurance. and Because it's a business. And so you have to pay to park? Mm -hmm. It's real estate. I mean. That's that's what it is. It's about... You know, this downtown real estate costs more than some of those outlying facilities or hospitals that are in a wide open space. So they can afford to absorb those costs and just pave a lot as opposed to operating a whole parking, you know, garage or Mm -hmm. whatever. And for us, we don't even own our garage. You know, another company owns it. So we don't set the prices. And I hate to look my patients in the face and be like, you know, this is the allotment while you're here. I don't know what it costs to park in the parking garage. And then I tell them, I pay, for, I pay for parking. As an employee, it's taken out of my check every two weeks. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, again, that's the business part of it where I can't even justify or I, I'm like, I sympathize. But my sympathy is not enough because I'm a registered nurse right. and, you know, I'm on a different pay grade. Mm-hmm. So it's just... It's frustrating. Do you see, Tiffany, because you talked about self-care, I mean self-pay, do you see that there might be a difference in the quality of care that patients get if they're self-pay versus if they have insurance? Just because insurance is kind of seen, I would imagine, seen like a jackpot or like this mm-hmm. <laughs> endless, endless yes. well of funds. Mm-hmm. Do you see that like somebody who might be self-pay might not? be ordered a certain test that you typically would be ordered or maybe they you know maybe the physician or the practitioner doesn't do as you know thorough of a, an assessment or whatever do you see that um have you seen typically it? no i don't <laughs> see like a difference in the care that's offered to the patient but i do see with self-care i will say that they advocate for themselves more mm-hmm. because they know mm-hmm. hey i've only got do we really need to do this test? And I've seen them like go back and forth with the doctor like, no, I don't want that test. Like I can't, I can't afford to pay that. And I would say I have a lot more respect for that than someone that's just like, yeah, just let me Mm -hmm. do all these tests on me and whatever, whatever, without questioning. So I will say I have seen that they have a lot more advocacy for themselves and making sure they understand like what, why are you drawing labs again? Didn't we just draw labs? Mm-hmm. How much longer do I have to stay in the hospital? When will I be discharged? And a lot of us are like, man, come on, you're in the hospital. Like, let us take care of you. But it is, money is a real stress. Money and is power. It, 
it makes or breaks a lot of people in the hospital, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Just that aspect alone, disease process, totally out of the picture. Mm-hmm. Money stresses a lot of people out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and probably prolongs their healing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're getting well because they stressed out thinking about how they're going to pay for it or... Wow. Recently, I feel like we've been seeing kind of a little bit of raining on, um, and I mean R-E-I-G-N, on what people can charge or hospitals can charge, um, especially if you work with Medicaid or Medicare because this is government-sponsored, you know, uh, health care or whatever. And so, like, recently, if a patient comes in and they have an hospital-acquired infection or they have an infection... Um, that they leave with that they didn't come with we you know Medicaid Medicare is like hey guess what Um, this patient so-called is diagnosed with MRSA now so y'all gonna eat that bill Mm -hmm. because she got it in the hospital right Mm -hmm. so you guys did something that was not protocol procedure or whatever or you know you went against what was in this person's best interest so good job and so I think that is calling healthcare providers to be a little bit more vigilant about the care that they provide because we are bombarded with the business part of it um, and like containing costs and capturing charges and stuff like that, but also the way we care for the patients to be sure that, you know, if you think a patient has MRSA, test them for it before they get admitted or whatever, or don't expose them. <laughs> you Wash know your saying? hands. Right. Wash when your you hands. Walk into patient's room. If you're going from an isolation patient's room to the next one, like do the proper procedure so that people are well. I'm going to piggyback off what you were saying and, uh, and bring up the fact that insurance companies also, not just Medicaid and Medicare, but even private insurance companies, a lot of times they dictate how long a patient mm-hmm. can stay in the hospital following certain procedures. Like my mom and, you know, the um, elder women in my family always talk about how after having a baby back in the day, mm-hmm. you were in the hospital for a week. That's mm-hmm. just after a vaginal delivery. And now 48 hours, you know, 72 for a C-section, which is major abdominal surgery. Right. And so, I mean, I've seen, you know, women who have mastectomies. They're home after 48 hours with drains and tubes and all kinds of things because insurance has said we're only going to cover 48 hours after this procedure. And so that caused, I mean, that's definitely business mm-hmm. of healthcare because how in the heck do the insurance companies tell the care providers or the practitioners how long a patient needs to be in the hospital? Mm-hmm. It's all about the money. Mm-hmm. But then they get, and then to couple off of that, so they kick you out of the hospital early, but if you come back, they snatch it again. Yes. So with the readmission, mm-hmm. like if you get readmitted X amount of hours after discharge, yep. wow. they snatch the cost again. Yep. Wow. Because y'all did something wrong. Because it's that like they came back. insurance company is running really healthcare. They came healthcare. back mm-hmm. too early. It's yep. like you tried to kick them out, you know, in the time frame for insurance, but they weren't all the way ready. Mm-hmm. So they come back. Insurance is like, nah, bro. Wow. And a, and a physician has to be super duper savvy to figure out how to word something to get permission for a patient to stay longer. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with like um, birth control. So I have, you know, as a being a lactation consultant, I have a lot of moms who deliver a baby. And of course, they want to space their pregnancies out to maintain their best health. And so they choose to get birth control while they're breastfeeding. Um, sometimes they may get a birth control. Sometimes there's no way to know if a birth control is going 
going to decrease their milk supply. There are some known ones that we know, but the mom may not be aware. So she gets this birth control. She notices a decrease in her milk supply. She sometimes has to jump through all kinds of hoops of rings of fire for insurance to pay for that birth control to be removed. If it's a long acting um, birth control, something that stays in for like three years or five years, an IUD or an implant in your arm or whatever, they have to jump through rings of fire for insurance to cover it coming out of them before that three year or five year time span. Mm-hmm. How? I saw a patient who was having <laughs> just... severe side effects from her next planon and she was like going crazy because she was calling and calling and calling her clinic about wanting to get in to have it taken out and they refused to take it out and i'm like how can you do that to somebody else's body how are you gonna tell me what i can keep in my body especially if it's causing me harm especially if it's causing me harm mm-hmm. or even if i just decide i do not want it it cannot be causing me harm. Maybe I want to have a baby before the five years is up. I decide two years is plenty for me, right? I want to have another baby now. How does the insurance company get to dictate, oh, no, you got to keep that, boo? It ain't <laughs> looking to watch, like, ooh, we're flipping the calendar, like, ooh, it ain't it's been five years. Like, ooh, um, you short? Right. Yeah. How does that work? I mean, That's the I, system that we live it in. It is the system that we live in, and it's so unfortunate, and... I just, I cringe because when I think of, again, the vulnerable populations who don't know how, I mean, even educated people, like you all were saying, that stuff is hard to navigate through. It's hard to know, you know, what's what and what you're getting and what you're supposed to be getting and what's too much. And it's a lot. Yeah, I think a lot of times, too, the insurance companies will control the care providers, especially Medicaid, Medicare. Um, they're probably going to have more watchdogs out there. And that makes me think of like the HCAP scores, um, JCO, like basically patient satisfaction <laughs> surveys. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag. Okay. Um, basically, if you're a patient in a, um, a hospital or at a doctor's office, you could be called for a follow-up survey basically to talk about the care that you provided. And so each provider, if they are in like a clinic setting, will get these scores based on what the patients say. And so for me, and I've talked to multiple people about this where to I feel shake like her head. she over there. Right. Right. Like I got right. something to say about it. Right. Yes. So <laughs> to me I feel like this um puts the doctor in a vulnerable position for more than one reason. The first reason is if we're really trying to promote wellness and health, which is not what our healthcare system is built for. Nope. Um it gives the the patient the impression that they went to the doctor and the doctor didn't do anything. Right. Because they will go to the doctor seeking a pill or an instant remedy or something like that, which is, again, the mindset that we live in Mm -hmm. of our health, quote-unquote, healthcare system. Mm -hmm. Um, But it puts them in a bad position because they feel like, okay, maybe I should just give them the pill, give them what they want, and I'll get a better score. All right. God, right. I don't like okay, it. Jesus said, <laughs> knock it off. And those, no HCAP. <laughs> right. <laughs> and those scores are tied to the hospital's reimbursement or the physician's 
check. I was going to say, Money. employment sometimes. Yeah. yeah. That stuff I'm sure comes up in their annual review. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that could be a really hard or tight spot for the care provider who wants to say, hey, you know, you have high blood pressure, especially in a primary care facility where you do have time to try to work on healthy habits and talk to a patient and give them um, education. It would be hard to be like, hey, you know, what you need to do is lose some weight. I can set you up with a nutritionist or yada, yada, yada. Meanwhile, they're like, no, just give me that, you know, a lol drug mm-hmm. or, you know, a prill or whatever it is to take it down. And so I'd be okay. And when the, the doctor says, no, I think you should do X, Y, Z, then that patient perceives that that is a bad doctor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or like when a patient comes in with a virus. And they want an antibiotic, and the doctor says, "Well, it's a, it's virus. a virus. It's a virus." Mm-hmm. And they like, "But I got on Google. I got a fever, and I ain't even do nothing." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so again, that's just the business part of it. When you're thinking about money, kind of running everything. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts? Too? <laughs> the H caps got her in a bad mood. <laughs> that is the most insane. Um, system that I've ever seen be set up. So you pretty much like, have you ever seen one of these? Mm-mm. I okay. haven't seen a survey. I've it has, heard of it them. has nothing about like we saved your life. Mm-hmm. We kept you alive. That never you does. kept your limbs. You can breathe. You walked out of here. It's like, what was the temperature in the room? Were you cold? Did How you would, have a lot of pain? Right. Mm-hmm. How was the food? Now, <laughs> oh, this oh, oh, oh. is stuff that you would ask somebody that went to a hotel mm-hmm. or to a resort, not to a hospital. Right. And so that's my problem with the HCAP score. I don't think it assesses the life-saving measures or anything like that. It assesses... <laughs> The it most per- asinine parts of the, the thought visit that the hospital is there to serve you and pamper you, kind of. We are there to serve, but not in that regard. It's not a spa. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. And it just perpetuates it. It keeps that idea going. Because nobody's ever going to be happy in the ICU. No. Nobody. No family, <laughs> no true. patient. Like, That's true. Ever. Yeah. And so... I, yeah, those scores can go right on back to the devil where they came from. <laughs> <laughs> Jaco, now I have a little bit more respect for Jaco because I think that that is a. Now explain what Jaco is. So Jaco is, simply put, would be the governing bodies that kind of make rules for hospitals to stay at a certain level so that each patient going to, say you went to hospital A or hospital X, you should get the same level of care at each one. Now, of course, there's different levels of like trauma center versus Mm -hmm. not, things like that. But still, if you go to one hospital and they treat you for a STEMI, you should get a heart attack. If you had a heart attack, (laughs) (laughs) if you had a heart attack, you went to hospital A, you should get the same hospital treatment at hospital b if they're both the same level of care so it pretty much just makes sure everything is equal now they get a little beside themselves with some things but i think it's they mean well because they're keeping the standards up Mm -hmm. so that when patients do come in it's not roach infested or people aren't washing their hands or patients are choking themselves with restraints stuff like that so Mm -hmm. they mean well but 
with an age cap scores. They can go. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to bring that up. Was like, one last time. <laughs> one last time. But you know what? I wish, like, if there was a way to teach physicians or caregivers um, to interact with patients that make the patients perceive that they received good care. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm not saying whether they did or didn't. I hope that everybody does. But even in those situations, like you said, Tip, in the ICU, there are different things that you can do that can make a patient think, wow, that person really cares, like sitting down or getting on their mm -hmm. level and talking to them. Mm -hmm. You know, and this is a small, small thing. And that's the stuff that should be in the scores, not right. about the temperature. Like, it can't be right. But a lot of doctors there. need care or they need direction Education. on how to do that because they have they no have interpersonal no, skills. Some, I'm not going to say manner. they have no, but a I'm lot of times. the ones you're referring to. <laughs> They have I'm trying not to blanket. There are this some. Just, no, this there are is just some doctors who are great, but they but are that percentage some. is very small, and it's almost like the the norm that the nurses have great bedside manner and the physician doesn't. Yeah, met some foul nurses too, though. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. There's going to be exceptions to every rule. You know what I'm saying? But I think that if people can be educated about what that score is actually trying to get at mm -hmm. because I think the score is trying to get at like did this patient have a good experience well if you slain it that this is a hotel then no this was a terrible experience for a hotel well guess what this is a hospital and the standards are totally different yeah, or they should be you know pillow top mattresses around these parts mm -hmm. I had plenty of times <laughs> told my patients this is a one star hotel but it is a five star hospital and my job is to save your ass, not kiss it. Mm, I like that. Get them together. <laughs> I mean, for real. Because people expect too much, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. I agree. I, I agree that, you know, just being uh, personable and communicating well, like you said, getting down on the patient's level, not using all kind of fancy terms. Patient doesn't understand. That kind of little stuff goes a long way. Mm -hmm. It does go a long way in terms of what the patient perceives. Indeed. Mm -hmm. They got. Do you guys have anything else to add to the business of healthcare? Um, I have taken some notes, like about socialized medicine or socialized healthcare, and how it differs from what we have. Um, and a lot of people kind of thumb their nose when they hear socialized medicine, but it's really a system where everybody pays into. And it's like, like you had said before we started recording, Ryan, it's like a bank. Mm -hmm. Everybody pays into it and people take it out as they need. Um, but we don't have that healthcare system. We have a system that everybody does pay into, but not everybody receives the same amount of care. And people complain and they're like, oh, you know, in socialized medicine companies, the taxes are like 50%. Well, I don't know about y'all, but I'm paying nearly 30 now. And so if I can afford to pay 30 and then I have to pay for my health care on top of that, mm -hmm. and most of these places, education is free. So I'm paying for my student loans on top of that. Yes. Medication or whatever I have to pay for on top of that is it almost equals out, if not costs more. Right. It definitely costs more. <laughs> and I mean, I'm a healthy person, so <laughs> it doesn't cost more for me. Mm -hmm. But, you know, for somebody who was sick or like, I think is a big reason why the physicians are anti because they've gone to school. They've gone to undergrad, medical school, and then they're doing the residency where they're working 80 hours a week and getting paid, you know, whatever they, yeah, whatever their charge is. Well, they have six figures in student loans. Mm -hmm. And so they're going to be anti where doctors are capped out at how much they make. Well, because they've 
you know, incurred all the student loan debt. So all of it is like kind of tied together to me. Hmm. And if we can move to a system where everybody pay for education and health care because it is a right both of those not a privilege I, agree. I think we would be better off as a society and people would invest more in their own wellness and health yeah that way. because they could afford it or they both. could just go to the doctor and not have that's to worry what I'm about saying. it yeah because yeah. if you can't afford it i mean just like i was saying we were joking before we <laughs> but, afforded but it was for real and i was saying like i cannot imagine you know having a ten thousand dollar deductible yeah i'd be like listen this little bump, I mean, look, it's this rash right here. It's, it really hasn't been bothering me that much. Yes, I'm going to just hang on to that because, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I done thou? had it this long. 10000 10K. Whoa. Right. Some people's cars cost ten grand. i am saying what? Yeah. So, yeah, that was all I had to add. I wish people would be more sensible as it pertains to their thought about health care and the need for it, and then talk to our legislators about that and be like, hey, this is going to serve the greater good. Like, we have the sickest country in the nation, or on, on the planet, we do. And so as we get older, we're not going to have a military because everybody's fat, and everybody has diabetes or high blood pressure or, you know, whatever. Yes. We're not going to have a police force. We're not going to have nurses. We're not going to have physicians because nobody is well. Nobody's going to be competent, capable. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. Do you have anything to add, Tiffany? Um, My only thing that I thought about with healthcare being a business, this is kind of like the futuristic type thing. But what do you guys think about how they're saying, like, insurances are moving towards... So I think we maybe breezed slightly over, like, genetic testing on one shift. shift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you guys think about how they're saying like insurance companies are wanting access to the blood work that their employees are getting so that they can see, like, say you have a propensity to develop. Now, what's a propensity? Now, you know what? <laughs> exactly. No, no, but it's no, like, no, no. What no what's your word? For the normal, the lay listeners. Oh, in the yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? We like, uh, no. yeah. Can you can you like, define propensity? Like you could That's a language maybe language. <laughs> develop cancer. Maybe so your risk. Yeah. The likelihood that you could. You could maybe propensity. But most of it's not means. even like most of the um the things that they're finding, like it's not surefire. Mm-hmm. Like they're saying you have an X marker on this chromosome right. means you could have this. But the insurance companies are wanting to work with there's a particular company that has the rights to, like, say they drew blood from you and they were wanting to look at your genetic makeup. There's already a company in the U.S. that automatically gets rights to that blood work. Girl, like, it's shut theirs. up. To my blood? To your Girl. blood. This is like Henrietta Lacks. Like, I how does somebody say, own yes. my blood? Like, there is already... I, I don't remember the name of it, but I had to read about it for one of my classes, and they have the rights like if they draw and they're looking for such and such just because they're looking for that they have the rights shut up and so with that they can sell it off to insurance companies Mm -hmm. and then insurance companies can then turn around and have the right to you know deny you because you could get deny you or charge you based upon what you Mm -hmm. might could possibly get Mm -hmm. right but you know that's already happening 
like um, at my hospital, if you are a smoker, oh, yes. you have a different premium oh, that's rate. True. And so, I think that's pretty standard now across okay, all private insurance. Okay, but this is something insurance. that I did not know. Uh-huh. The insurance company can request a urine sample mm-hmm. from you at any point. Mm-hmm. If you say you're a non-smoker. Right. Yes, that's true. I and think so, that's pretty standard, too. But that's new. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying it's not new. I'm sorry to mean to say that, but I think it, I think it's true for most private insurance. Right, insurances. but my thing is, since when has the insurance <laughs> company had the ability to go to my employer and be like, hey, I need you to get this test? Like, that opens up what Tiffany just said. Well, now, I, so... Especially if I'm not accruing any extra charges. My thing is, with that, is I partially agree because we're talking about the differences. It's a lifestyle choice. And so, I mean, it's not a secret that smoking increases your risk factors for high blood pressure and, you know, cancer and all kinds of an array of asthma, all kinds of things. And so I kind of agree that if you're choosing to engage in those types of behaviors that can increase your risk and possibly cause you to draw more on your insurance, then you should pay a higher premium. I don't disagree. I'm saying where's the disclosure? That is not something... Disclosure on whose part? Help me understand. Of the insurance company. Come with me. On the insurance provider, (laughs) where is their disclosure to each person who signs up for insurance as a non-smoker that says explicitly, hey, you said you're a non-smoker. Just so you know, I can ask for urine from you for a nicotine test anytime I want. Isn't that on the insurance thing when you sign up? Not that I've read it. Oh, see, I have read it on mine. But it said that you can be subject to testing, random testing at any time. I Mm -hmm. have seen that. Not that I've read. And maybe that's Probably because you're not a since. smoker, so you haven't looked. I mean, I'm not a smoker either. <laughs> but I've always just, like, I got, I'm just but always a look comb and loop with a fine-tooth comb, so I'm yeah, always Yeah, but what paper have you received? When I sign up for my insurance, it's all online. No, there is online. I have not seen a statement attached to that. It says, when you go to sign up for your insurance in our system, check non-smoker or smoker. Mm-hmm. Boom. And then one year I accidentally selected smoker and it they called it me. Back. No, they called me and said, hey, you know, previously you selected this. Did something change? And so I'm like, OK, I can appreciate that. But again, I didn't know that that was something that they could do until mm-hmm. I had presented to employee health and was like, why are y'all testing me for this again? Now, see, when I signed up and clicked no non-smoker. Then when I got ready to hit send or select or whatever the hell the answer, enter or whatever, <laughs> that an alert popped up like, hey, you selected that you're a non-smoker. Basically like, bitch, are you sure? <laughs> like, <laughs> you out here long? Do you smoke? Because if you do, then that's when I got the alert. So maybe mm-hmm. that's where I saw it. Not like looking at the other options, but there was an alert that popped up like, this is your last chance to turn mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're lying. You yeah. And then the craziest part is, is if you... You know, if they, you know, dip your urine or do whatever their nicotine test is and you pop for nicotine, You're then you have to for all of those back, fees. Yes. Mm-hmm. All the back premiums, premiums that would have been smoker premiums. Mm-hmm. So and a lot of people don't realize. Let's go ahead and talk about this hookah. Mm-hmm. Nicotine it's going to pop. You're going to there's nicotine, tobacco, like it's going to pop. And the hookah is super big and popular right now. So if you're checking non-smoker. They've even Beware. asked them not just that. They ask about e-cigs, too. <clears throat> yes, because they contain a small amount. They sure mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that's good. So 
Is that it? Anybody have any final thoughts about it? So my <sighs> final the thought is, is I feel angry. The business is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it all boils down to greed. Mm-hmm. It is greed on the part of the insurance companies, greed on the part of the healthcare systems, um, greed on the part of those people who don't want to participate in socialized healthcare. Nobody wants to pull anybody else up or take care of anybody else. They don't see that as the greater good. They see that as somebody being in their pocket. And so mm-hmm. it's really even it's even greed on the part of businesses and companies who sponsor insurance but don't want to pay higher their their portion that they pay for the insurance they don't want it to be higher so they pass it on you know to their employees Mm -hmm. it's just all about greed it all boils down to greed and i think that when we talk about insurance insurance to me is one of the biggest reflections of the 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 state of the people in this country our country as a whole we are a greedy ass country like I mean that is evident in so many welcome ways welcome to the American dream welcome to America <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean just full of greed and I really think it's unfortunate and God is not pleased Mm-mm. y'all hear it God y'all is hear not him talking all on this podcast and mm-hmm. so um, I hope we I hope we find a way to fix it because you know I am a, a nurse and a lactation consultant who serves vulnerable populations and they take the biggest hit mm-hmm. when it comes to health care. Mm-hmm. So I hope we find a way to figure it out. I heard something just recently. It said um, in a capitalist society, um, they publicize, no, not publicize, maybe, I don't know. Basically, he was saying that they make the cost for everybody but the profit for the private sector. Oh, sure. And I was just like, yes, that is it. I forget what he said. He said they blank, like, you know, uh, socialize the cost and then privatize the benefits Mm -hmm. for the profit. And I was just like, boy, you done spoke a word. That's it. And we see that with all this regentrification we see going on in all the major cities across the nation. But we're not going to go there. That's another (laughs) shift. That's a whole nother shift. A whole other. A whole other. (laughs) So we are into our. It's, it is now time for your favorite part of the no, show. No, no, no. Nursing notes. No, you already did yours, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Tasha. Okay, Tiffany, you got a nursing note. Tiffany's part. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> it. Hold on, hold oh, on to your seat. Wait a second. <laughs> um, I I'm gonna wing this nursing note because I thought I wrote it down and I didn't. <laughs> right, so, um. My advice for everyone that's listening is to just uh, just keep in the back of your mind that healthcare is a business. Um, it's I don't want people to go into the emergency department for emergent symptoms and be like, oh, don't do that EKG. I'm not saying that. I'm saying um, kind of when you're just being seen for something routine and you see like the test starting to kind of spiral out of control for something that's pretty basic or something like that to just keep in mind to look at things and kind of like I said advocate for yourself pretend that you were um, somebody that was paying for it that day if that's Mm -hmm. what helps keep you mindful of costs or what is important um, do it that way I would um, that would help me remember, like, okay, y'all get beside yourselves. Mm-hmm. I, I broke my toe. Mm-hmm. Why are y'all scanning my back? Mm-hmm. Like, and so... My neck <laughs> in my back. My neck in my back. <laughs> so do it, do it however you can do it. And remember it that way. 
that's good. And, you know, that's the exact opposite of my nursing notes. <laughs> but you know what? I'm going to take that in. I'm going to come with you. Come with me. And I'm going to remember that um, and, and try to think more like a self-pay patient when I go. So my nursing note, the first nursing note I have is just um, to those of you who may be having to shop in the marketplace. You may have the um, afford be members of the Affordable Care Act um, and have to shop around and that is my nursing note it's just shop around don't accept the first plan that you see make sure that the plan you select is going to be suitable for your needs and your pocketbook you need all your coins just mm -hmm. like we do so shop around for the best plans there's so many out there in the marketplace um, so try to get the best deal for yourself and the last part of it is is once you have insurance use it we talked about that a little bit a couple shifts ago or last shift just to make sure you use it. So I was going to say, blow that shit up, right? <laughs> <laughs> use it because you're paying for it. But now I'm going to scale back and I'm going to take some advice from Tiffany and say, you know, use it as you need it. Just make sure you use it. So go to the doctor. You know, get your eyes checked if you're paying for vision. Get your teeth did that today. Did you? Good job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, get go to the dentist. If you can go every six months, go every six months. Make sure that you are using um, the coverage that you are paying for. And last but not least, get a flex account if you can. Oh, that's a, a good, flexible yeah. spending account has been something mm -hmm. that really has been beneficial for me. If you don't know what a flexible spending account is, it's basically money that comes out of your check, but it's pre-taxed. So before your taxes come out, you can allot a certain amount of money at the beginning of the year. Let's say you want to allot $500 at the beginning of the year. And then that money can be used for your co-pays. And it's available to you day one. The medical flex spending account is available to you day one uh, of the new year. And so um, you're able to use that for glasses if you need glasses or contacts, um, certain medical appointment. Yeah, you can use it for braces, you can use it for hearing aids if you need a cane or you need special orthotics, any you know medical things, mm -hmm. sometimes even over-the-counter medications or your pharmacy mm -hmm. prescriptions, anything that you have to pay birth for. Control. Your mm -hmm. birth control. Yes, and that is, um, it doesn't seem like a big money saver, but it has helped me tremendously when I have to pay a copay or like when I had to get my daughter glasses. I mean, I just... <laughs> I acted yeah, like I was balling. I was like, swipe, put it swipe. on my black card. Just put it on my card. <laughs> they were like, ma'am, is that going to be Amex? May as well be. <laughs> That's that F L E X. That's what that is. <laughs> Hashtag F L E X. Get you some. Right. Get, Get you some. All right, then. That was great. That was great. All right. So now it's our favorite time of the show. Oh, it's my turn. Language like. Oh, try it again, Tiffany. You I don't need to hide. One more time. I'm not, not going to do it again. Not, <laughs> she's like, uh, listen. Like, no. Yeah, hey, no. I'm going to advocate for what, myself. That's what y'all going to get on this Friday evening. <laughs> Language. It's getting worse. One more time. Come Language. Language. That was better. Good job. That was good. That was wavering. That was what? That was wavering. That was by that vibrato. Let me hit y'all with the language line. Both of us took a big ass. We don't even know what that is. Sending ovation. About a round of applause. Y'all probably should see my face. What's our language like this week, ladies? Y'all be tearing it up. I mean, not really. It's kind of like a misnomer. Like one of those things that people say and that's commonplace, but really y'all wrong. Okay, so when I hear this, I cringe. <laughs> Obamacare. Mm, like, it just feels very disrespectful to me. 
It depends how you say it. Because you know how some people be like, that Obamacare. That old, that old Obamacare. (laughs) That old Obamacare. Mm -hmm. That Obamacare. What? Stop. Please, it's not called that, (laughs) y'all. All right? It's called the Affordable Care Act. And that is part of our government. And it was put in place to help us all. Yes, it may be made prices go up temporarily or whatever, but hell, over but the long am, term. Yeah, and I'm thankful because, you know what, I have no problem paying a couple dollars more a, a month or a year or whatever for my insurance so that somebody who didn't have any mm-hmm. can have some. And it's the first round of this plan that could include everybody. And mm-hmm. so for me, like you said, I, I take that hit for the greater good. And people for real didn't even know. Until everybody started talking about it. It wasn't that noticeable. Even if you knew. It wasn't. I mean, come on. It wasn't like you didn't Mm -hmm. feed your family. How many billions of people is it in this country? Listen, that's greed. That goes right back to greed. You right. And people just not. I don't want anybody to have something they didn't work for. I worked hard. Right. So now how does this apply to the Obama phone, though? (laughs) You know what? And it ain't even called that either. I did see see a truck that said that today, and I almost drove the range over there. So, so what up on that free government phone? (laughs) The phone and the service is free, and I'm like, nobody should have an excuse. And they're decent phones, so like you could, you wouldn't even know it was an Obama phone. I mean. I was okay. like, what is On it supposed note. to be called, though? It's a government phone. Yeah. So, this government but phone? But see, you know, Obama because, phone sounds because Obama <laughs> is the one who put the policy in place, then, of course, mm-hmm. they got to tag his name on it. Mm-hmm. And people mad. Hashtag stay mad. Mm-hmm. Hey, anything his name is on. It was funny because I heard something it's once that phone. was like, yeah, people want the care, <laughs> but they just don't want his name on it. Of course. You're fine with the care part. It's the Obama that you got a problem with. Stop. But you know what? At the same time, it's kind of a. I mean, you know, it's like what people say: if you hating on me, talking about me, you, you know, you kind of keeping me, keeping me alive. Relevant. So mm-hmm. yeah, you keeping me relevant. So. So he probably somewhere yachting. Talking okay. About Obama acts he's like he's living right now. He's mm-hmm. free of us. Mm-hmm. What? Him and Michelle are. They are in love. They look good. They are wearing booty shorts and natural I mean, hair and boat shoes. And what? And dad hats. And they are not thinking about shorts. the U.S. of A. Do you <laughs> hear what I'm saying? Ten times. They are. Hey, y'all write y'all books, though. Send us one. Mm-hmm. Send us a book, Obama. Hey, if you hear us, though, hey, Michelle. <laughs> hey, Michelle. We should tag. We should tag. <laughs> Listen, we should tag. but what's really crazy is we've been talking about, like we talked about, let's move first shift, the let's move campaign, Michelle's campaign. Oh, yes. Remember? yes. So, listen, we out here for y'all. Mm-hmm. We checking for y'all. Mm-hmm. Hashtag Obamacare. <laughs> hey. All right. Hey. I'm mm-hmm. here for it though. It don't really bother me Go that much. Go ahead and hit them with our social medias. Oh wow. <laughs> social <laughs> So they can holler at us. Michelle. This is why there have to be three of us. Because <laughs> <laughs> one of us is going to Let remember. Let me plug that for you us. guys. Yeah. You can find us on Twitter at Get Sedated 705. That's G-E-T. 
S-E-D-A-T-E-D 705. Instagram conscious underscore sedation. We be seeing our Instagram. Y'all be hitting mm-hmm. us up blowing our Instagram. Yeah, mm-hmm. we are so happy. Mm-hmm. Y'all be liking and us and putting up. on. Twitter followers coming up. Yeah, we like mm-hmm. y'all. Y'all be retweeting and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. tight. Thank That's you. tight. And then you can search us on Facebook, Conscious Sedation, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you can also, um, our handle on Facebook is Get Sedated 705. You need to email us at guessedated705 at gmail.com dot com say it one more time email us at getsedated705 at gmail.com see that that's teamwork right dot there com. <laughs> yes get that again I don't think I can <laughs> See, this was like lightning in a bottle. <laughs> this was the, if I try the next she time, like, you know, and anybody trying to go out like that. Well, you know what? We appreciate you all for listening. This is shift number nine. Dang, we almost in double digits next time. Listen, shift ten gonna be lit. And boom, 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 I got some backup. <laughs> sorry. Simple's feeling it. I ain't sorry at all. I like that. What are we talking about next week? We are going to talk about financial wellness. Yay. You know why? Because we want us to be holistically well. All the way around. Yes. All the way around. So, mm. that's all we have for you all this week. We will see you in the lab next week. In Peace the lab. Out. Bye.